0: happy friday welcome back to scraps my name is carolina Gellin, and in today's newsletter i'm going to share with you an upside down plum fennel cake if that sounds familiar it's probably because it's sort of an iteration of my orange cardamom olive oil cake the recipes are pretty different but the concept is similar you have a fruit you have a spice it's an upside down cake all that fun stuff for someone that isn't the biggest fan of fruit desserts i sure have a few fruity recipes in my portfolio i'm not sure how relatable this is but you know when someone brings dessert to your home you have a cake at a family gathering or something it looks great you take a bite expecting a nice tender texture when your teeth hit a soggy raisin or a dried plum something about that experience didn't sit right with me as a child and i'm still working on getting over it there's a very fine line between a decent fruit cake and something that'll make me gag. and the more i live the more i realize it's all about the texture of the cooked fruit in the cake whenever i throw fruit in a sweet dish i need it to either turn into this undetermined detectable mush like a mashed banana in a banana bread. You get the flavor but you don't get the texture of mushy banana. Either in a jammy melt-in-your-mouth deliciousness similar to fruits in a tartatin, but nothing in between. I don't want like a partially cooked apple cube that's still raw in the middle. It's kind of mushy, kind of soft but still kind of crunchy because it's still raw or a thick slice of actual banana in a cake. See what I'm saying? Of course it also depends on the fruit but I won't get into that today. Now that I'm done hating on cooked fruits and cake, um, I have some good news. Today's cake meets all my requirements for a fruit cake. It's an upside down plum fennel cake. It has a gorgeous ruby red color, a subtle minty fennel flavor. The plum layer just melts in your mouth and the cake itself, it's amazingly moist and tender. Every cake I've tested for this recipe was gone in less than two days. I'm not even joking. It's a tiny cake that works well as a sweet breakfast, a quick snack throughout the day, or a dinner dessert. Now that we're done rambling about the cake let's move on to the actual recipe which is written in the newsletter that's just a heads up you have everything written down you have the instructions ingredients substitutions everything you need to know it's there the cake itself uses pretty modest ingredients you might have to go out of your way to get almond flour or fennel seeds and plums but other than that i'm pretty sure you already have everything you need the recipe starts by preparing the pan lining it with parchment paper and all that fun stuff the first step is to prepare your pan again and this is a small cake, so we're using an 8-inch pan or a 20-centimeter round pan. You could use a loaf pan, and want to double the measurements again. Be my guest. Feel free to use a larger pan in that case. In this next step, we're gonna take care of our caramel, which is usually essential for an upside-down cake. You want the fruits to cook in that juicy, caramelly goodness. Get nice and jammy and soft. So we need caramel. How do we make that? All you need to do is melt sugar in a pan. I know that sounds easy, but it can be a little bit frustrating sometimes, so bear with me. i don't want that to happen. i want you to be in control of what's happening and learn how to deal with cooking sugar. there are two ways to cook caramel, a dry one and a wet one. the dry one involves cooking the sugar on its own until it liquefies and caramelizes, and the wet one uses water in the process, which makes the sugar more prone to crystallization, and it's honestly my least favorite method. that's why i always recommend the dry method. it's much easier to save your sugar and prevent it from clumping or crystallizing or doing all the funky stuff sugar does. simply start with a dry saucepan on medium heat. i usually use a stainless steel pan. i add the sugar and wait for it to melt untouched. don't leave the pot unattended by the way at any point. things can go south in a few seconds so you want to be there next to it at all times. for the first few minutes you're simply waiting for the sugar to melt. you will notice the sugar starting to liquefy around the edges and slowly liquefying its way to the middle of the pan. don't go in there with the spoon and mix it all together or a whisk or any like that. Something you can do though, you can gently tilt and shake the pan to prevent the sugar from burning in one spot and help it move around the pan without actually mixing the sugar. Roughly mixing the sugar with a spoon or spatula will help form clumps of sugar or encourage crystallization which we certainly want to prevent. One more thing about caramelizing sugar, you have to know when to stop. It's not that hard. We're aiming for a deep amber color, not too light and pale but not too dark and burnt. Remove the pan off heat as soon as you see the caramel amber color keep in mind it's better to stop sooner than later the sugar will continue to caramelize off heat due to the residual heat in the pan so you can always place it back on heat for a few more minutes if necessary but you can't really bring burnt sugar back to its non burnt state if you ever happen to burn sugar what you should do is pour water on top of it and let it dissolve that's how you make burnt sugar syrup i actually made some this week because i burned a bunch of sugar and it's great for coffee Or teas or cocktails adds like a pleasant, bitter, smoky flavor to a drink so don't throw it away, it's savageable in its own way. And one more note, always keep in mind that melted sugar is extremely hot, so be careful when handling it, you don't want to get your hands in there, you don't want to touch things that touch the sugar, just be really careful, it's really really painful if you touch it. Once you've done all those things and your sugar is beautiful and golden brown and amber and all those colors, once caramelized, mix the fennel seeds in the melted sugar and immediately pour the hot sugar in the baking pan lined with parchment paper. The sugar will probably harden pretty quickly so you want to move fast. So now that we're done with the most difficult part, it's time to move on to the rest of the cake. Simply arrange the thinly sliced plums on the bottom of the pan over the caramelized, probably hardened by now, sugar. A trick to prevent the cake batter from flooding through the fruit slices is to layer them over each other in columns. This was probably my most asked question on my orange cardamom olive oil cake is how to get the oranges to stick together and I've attached some images on how I do it, like step by step. So hopefully those will be useful. But the point is to not start from the middle and don't aim for like a circular pattern. Simply start from one side of the pan. I know it's round, I know it doesn't have a side, but you know what I mean. One side of the pan, then create a line of layered plums, then another line of layered plums over the previous one. Like you want to layer them over each other. All you have to do is repeat this step until you can't see the bottom of the pan anymore. And I know you'll be left with a few leftover plum slices don't throw them away don't eat them simply layer those on top of the base plum layer that's it with our plum design we're going to move on to the cake batter it comes together in one bowl you simply mix the wet ingredients first and add the dry ones pour the cake batter over the plums evenly spread that out then place the baking pan on a baking sheet adding a baking sheet in between the direct heat source and the cake pan will prevent the plums from burning you'll know the cake is ready whenever it looks golden brown on top and hard to the touch you can gently tap it with your fingers, if it's still raw-ish and soft in the middle, give it some more time But if it isn't, take it out and let it rest for three to five minutes. Simply place the serving dish over the cake pan. Grab the cake pan with a towel. Carefully lift the two up and flip it. You can serve it right away with some ice cream on top. The cake can also be stored at room temperature in a box or glass container up to four days. Spoiler alert, it won't last for four days in your kitchen. I can tell you that. And that is pretty much it for today. Thank you so much for listening to this recipe, to today's newsletter. Thank you for being here. I'm wishing you a wonderful, lovely weekend.